what are you trying to, what internal problem are you trying to solve with your roadmap? Because you're building a thing. So figure out what problem you're solving. It is a tool to solve your problem. It is a solution, a possible solution to your problem. If your problem is alignment, then there are multiple different possible solutions. It might be the best solution. So if you think about roadmaps as a tool you use internally to resolve problems, it is a thing that people have gotten used to building because it is a thing that's expected of you because it's a thing that everyone's seen because that's what you know, then sure. Like if it's what you know, why not? But like think about the problem that you're solving um, internally with this roadmap. What are you trying to do? Why are you building a roadmap? Because it's really expensive. Welcome to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week, a podcast that explores product management and leadership topics through interactive conversations with our product leader panelists. Conversations that will challenge you to think about your thoughts on the topic and perhaps get you to change your mind. I am Grant Hunter, co-founder of Product Growth Leaders and the host and facilitator for these conversations. Listen, subscribe, and add your voice to the conversation every week in the Product Growth Leaders community. Hello everybody, Grant Hunter here for another Product Growth Leaders topic of the week. Steve, what you wrote something the other week about, do we need roadmaps? Do you remember what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I remember writing that. What was the impetus? Well, you know, I was talking to somebody about roadmaps and I realized that roadmaps are the most requested document that I have the most baggage with. Uh, it's like, uh, uh, well, seems to me that executives, you know, simply can't read anymore. So they want a picture of the product strategy and they've landed on roadmap as, as that solution. Um, and yet nobody seems to be that clear on what a roadmap is. So I hope we'll be talking about that today. I Well, that's what I think we're going to, but that was the, that was what got me deciding to make our weekly conversation topic of the week roadmaps. And I saw a meme the other day. Maybe it's not a meme. I don't know if it qualifies as a meme. It was basically an adoption lifecycle bell curve. And it started with Excel for your roadmap, then all these expensive tools like AHA and Prodboard and everything for your roadmap, and then ended up with Excel as your roadmap, right? It's sort of in the lifecycle. As you got more mature, you realized <laughs> all you needed was, was that spreadsheet. But I think the key thing we need to start figuring out is really let's have the, 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 the zero sum conversation. Why do we need roadmaps? You know, what is the purpose of roadmaps? Why do people want to do these? And so we put this question in the, uh, in the community on Monday uh, and got some really a, a good diversity of answers. Brian Weber said it can be a, it can help a product manager to clarify their thoughts on where the product is going. In my head, I never thought about the roadmap as a tool for me. I always thought about it as tools for somebody else. But in the old saying, you know, it's not the plan, it's the planning. And I guess the roadmap is part of that planning process. Used as a discussion document with others on priority and direction. Communication mechanism. You know, some really good stuff. I, I, I thought there was some great stuff. May, you came in... Uh, with a really good list of uh, general purposes, uh, sales tool, support tool. I mean, you basically hit every every 
I think, function in the organization. Talk to me about your thought on why do we need roadmaps? Well, like classically, or, you know, if you go into a statistically average product organization, these are the kinds of things people will say. Well, I need a roadmap because the salespeople want a roadmap. I need a roadmap because the success people want a roadmap so we can tell our existing clients what's coming up next because they're asking for things. We need a roadmap so support has answers for people when they say, when is this going to get fixed? We need a roadmap for, uh, yeah, let me look at the list. Um, for the executives who want to tell the board like what's coming up next and how we're going to make even more money. We need a roadmap for a stand-in when we cannot articulate our product vision and where we're going, right? Like yeah. it is a tool that helps you communicate. It is like when you want when you want to be able to communicate, you can't just send someone a roadmap because it has no meaning in and of itself. It is a representation of a vision, right? Because like how many of you have actually written a product roadmap a year in advance and delivered on it exactly? No one in history. Well, 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 well maybe working. there might be one, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, no, and nobody's expecting it, right? right. Oh, well, they're all, all expecting it. No, no, <laughs> not reasonable, mature adults. It's I was I'm sorry. I rarely work with reasonable, mature adults. Grant, how do you feel about talking about again? <laughs> I, I, I was working with a big enterprise software company that had software that ran financial institutions. And we had one group, which was their online be agile type stuff. And they had one group, which was building the systems that run financial institutions. And we asked them, how far out do you need to be 95% accurate on your roadmap? The agile group said six months. The enterprise group said two years. They, their roadmap needed to be 95% accurate to two years out. So there are some people out there who are doing it. Well, as the consultant, let me ask the, the primary consulting question. How's that been working for you? Yes, I, I, I understand. And it was interesting to try to standardize roadmaps in a place like that, where there was such diversity in needs, right? And the reality is it's different in different companies. Uh, what, what, what's going to be needed. But I, you know, May, your list gave me a, a great look at, a great overview of where, we could be looking at stuff. Uh, Steve, was it Jana? Who was the one person who said that a roadmap is a prototype of your product strategy? Yeah, that's Jana Bosto from the CEO of Prodpad. Uh, yeah. It was the first time I heard that, which I, it, I think it, is, is a very nice way of thinking about the roadmap. It's, it's a picture for those who can't read of uh, what we're planning on doing. But, you know, seriously, it's, it's, a, uh, um, it's an illustration of if everything goes well, this is where we'll be at some point in the future. It's a prototype of a strategy. Yeah. And, and so I, and that's a key thing. And so you, for, you would need to have that strategy first if you're going to have a, or at least if you're going to have a good roadmap. Uh, Corey, you said, why indeed? That's the most honest answer I could tell is I don't freaking know, man. I know why people say they want them, but I don't think that's really true. And I think what they really want is not a roadmap. They want to guarantee that these things will be done by this date. 
that's not what a roadmap is. That's not what they should be asking for. If that's really what they want, tell me what will I get by this date? And I will tell you, I have no idea. We're going to be working on these types of things in this area. And maybe that's good. Maybe that's interesting, but maybe it's not. Um, It's the, the, the idea that people want certainty and they think roadmaps are going to give them to them is false. It's just flat out false. It's, it's a degree of how wrong is it going to be? 2% 2% wrong, 98% wrong. I'd like to go back and look at everybody's roadmaps from July, uh, January of 2020 and tell me who had global pandemic that will upset the apple cart for the next four years on their roadmap. Anybody? And I, that's a key thing with roadmap. And I think, Steve, you, you, well, you know, subject to change is what we put on our template, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. Subject to change. And, you know, running with what Corey said there, I, I, I had the funniest experience a friend's uh, uh, develop. Well, this part isn't funny. Uh, one of my friends had uh, their entire development team go to the hospital during COVID, and her boss said, "Do you think that will impact the roadmap?" And you know, the fact that we have zero developers will certainly impair our ability to build. But here's, in 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 retrospect, I had this realization that actually, no, it doesn't change the roadmap. Because the roadmap's not supposed to have any dates on it. What it will change is the next release, which, you know, apparently there is still not an auto code function that the product manager can turn on when the developers are in the hospital. Although generative AI may help with that. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Corey, you also said, because we can't build everything today, because uh, pointing our ship in a certain direction is useful. And I think for me, part of that is a roadmap gives us sort of a, guide rails, right? It's like, this is the general way we're going. And, and based on that, let's make some decisions. I, some of the most, one of the reasons I liked roadmaps and when I was in a big enterprise company was that there were things coming down the road that I think development needed to pay attention to because you could build it one way that's gonna make it a whole bunch harder and more expensive to do something we're planning to do in a year. And so having some visibility into where it's going that's a great way to have a roadmap. I've worked with a client on actually across divisions, rolling up roadmaps to identify platform type stuff. Here are the things we can build once for everybody. I can see roadmaps doing that. So I love the idea of we can't build everything. Let's look at what we need to do and help make some decisions with it. And and I have to ask you, was the back to the future where we're going, we don't need roads. Was it supposed to mean we don't need roadmaps or? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Yes, I I believe that there are companies that are being successful without roadmaps. But are they being companies that have roadmaps that are not being successful? (laughs) I don't think you need a roadmap to be successful. But you need a product strategy. Yeah. So maybe that maybe Steve, it always comes back product strategy for me, you know, right? And maybe that's the thing is you can have a roadmap with no strategy, but you what does it get you? But you can have a strategy with no roadmap and you still have a strategy. Uh, I don't know. Just thinking out loud on that. Uh, Ellie, you said the word need stands out as interesting to you. And I know the conversation last week on business value now has everybody thinking about words. I'm not putting that much emphasis on the words. I'm letting you guys do that. But talk to me about what's in your head. You're, you're on mute, I think. I'm not hearing you. Nope. 
All right, we'll come back. We'll come back to you uh, on that. Uh, let's go to the uh, some of the other people who did not respond on Monday. John Gatrell, you, you've been teaching. You taught roadmaps as a, a concept for so many years. What what's your thought on why do we need roadmaps? You know, I keep hearing this word strategy and this like lofty document, um, and I pitched that for years. But now, you know, the reality is, I'm gonna demystify it. It's a marketing asset. It tells a story, right? It says we're smart people and builds trust that we're going the right way with those that care, right? And if you if you share it, you maybe show a culture of transparency. But the real benefit is inside your organization. It's having those tough discussions around priorities. It's yep. creating confidence and credibility that the product managers aren't just working on what they like. They're working on what the market needs. So there should be that sort of iterative uh, activity that gets people aligned. I think May said that uh, uh, without a doubt, alignment. But it's more than just, do we agree? It's can we think bigger? And, and the most pragmatic, for lack of a better phrase, I can tell you is y'all get technical debt, right? Y'all know what that is, yeah. right? And in some companies, it's a drinking game that, you know, by noon, we're just wasted. Um, but technical debt, in my uh, view, comes from two things, short-sighted thinking and bad requirements. And... Uh, you can fix bad, bad requirements by knowing your users, understanding your business goals, but getting your engineers to think one, two, three iterations, five, seven, will avoid that. If you had told me I you were building that, I would have done this differently. And so it's really about thinking bigger internally and understanding why. And I think the word strategy is a little tough. Uh, to Corey's point, um, lots of companies are successful being very tactical in delivery and managing scope uh, in sort of an inter ad hoc way. But what it does say is vision and a company and an organization or a culture that doesn't have a vision, they can't prioritize. They can't say we're not doing something. And in when the most powerful thing we can communicate is where we're going in a big, you know, kind of crayon view of blocks of and arrows. Um, so I, I I don't think the assets that important. It's a marketing document. I think the benefits the process and and having those discussions uh, because to Corey's point, we are hitting it. That's very right. Drucker of you. That's very Drucker of you, uh, John. It's always nice to have somebody go back to the match. Well, you know, um, everything goes back to Deming and Drucker. And I think every couple of years, someone has to rewrite them in the new lingo. I don't yeah. know. When's the version that says yeet and cringe? I'm waiting <laughs> for that to show up in my inbox. I, I'm, I think I'm too old to write that one. Uh, right. Elliot, I think you're back. Uh, you talked about yeah. the word need. Yeah, can you hear me now this time? We can, we got you. Yeah. All right. So I, I think the idea of needs and wants is part of my own like mental health journey that I've been on for the past year in general. And thinking about like, oh, well, I actually need this or do I actually want it? And I, it really set me down a bit of a rabbit hole as I started to kind of write it and put it together. 
it's like the idea of early in my career, I was just doing what I was told to say, put this together and get this done. And as I evolved in my, my thinking and as I got more comfortable in my career, I, it, I was really trying to think about like, what are we actually trying to do and what is actually needed here? And that came into the idea of better collaboration and making sure that we are delivering the appropriate language and the appropriate information to help people understand what we are doing and why. And that is the purpose of roadmap. That is what is needed. The actual tactical plan is probably less needed uh, unless it's just a way of justifying things there. But I really like what you said about the platform, finding the platform commonalities when you look at uh, roadmaps across multiple different teams. That was an awesome point, Grant. Yeah, and, and, and that's where I've seen a lot of value come in from. It's, it's a hard exercise rolling up these roadmaps from all these disparate divisions. But uh, the, the client I was working with on that gained a ton of value of it because you weren't being redundant and you weren't building extra stuff. Uh, you, and so you were able to build that platform. And I, and I you know, maybe it, there's different needs for roadmaps. You know, the value is different depending on where you are. A platform product manager probably has a whole different, you know, reason for the roadmap than a uh, somebody who's more commercial. I don't know. Uh, it, it seems like there's different stuff that we can go there. Corey, uh, you have your hand raised and I'll get to John. Uh, so we, we've missed the obvious new, point. New sometimes you have a missed the obvious point. Is sometimes you have a product roadmap and an executive roadmap and a sales roadmap and a customer facing roadmap and an internal roadmap and a roadmap that we don't tell, but only these three people. So if you're going to have a roadmap, have one. Uh, I always like to have, I, I had two or three. One was internal that never got out. One was a board level one or a C-suite one. And one was a true public customer one. Uh, I, I think there are things on, there's levels of detail that are needed internally that you don't want to share externally or even with the board for that matter. But we'll get to that when we talk about some of the stuff, uh, some of our other questions when we get there. Uh, John Elstad, thank you for joining. Uh, good to have you on the call. You know, why do we need roadmaps? What's your take? Why do we need them? I, you know, to build on a lot of what's already been said, you know, which has been said very well, I would say for me, I guess, the the roadmap is, is a concise expression of intent. Um, I don't like to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of out of the school, same thing, like I don't, I think, trying to put specific dates, it's kind of foolhardy and, and leads to, you know, poor management of expectations and so on. It can certainly come back to haunt you. Um, so, but why do we need them? I think that, that they do serve uh, to kind of unify vision expectations. I think that there's certainly a lot of potential for them to be misused. Uh, I think for me, the struggle is, you know, being that we're often used to, we're often uh, expected to create them you know, what, how can we make the most of them? Yep. Um, how can we, you know, uh, how can we manage the expectations of those who are going to use them? How can we satisfy the needs of marketing and sales and other uh, stakeholders who have this uh, uh, sense of obligation to communicate, you know, dates and, and deliveries to, to, their, to their respective uh, stakeholders? Um, how, you know, how do we honor that? Uh, or, or how do we help them essentially in that job without, without um, you know, committing ourselves to some sort of unrealistic uh, goal? Um, and that's an ongoing challenge. Uh, yeah. And I, uh, you know, I, I think I've, I've, the way I've addressed that in my own practice is, you know, kind of case by case, um, 
but I, I'm also of the school of, you know, let's let's try to keep it simple. Let's use it as unifying doctrine. People know, you know, you are here in this in this uh, thing. I like to use uh, more of like a Gantt chart type of format where I have breakdown by by discipline or you know, other things. So again, so people have a sense of yes, where are we going with this? How do I contribute to this? What are some of the risks and dependencies that might uh, you know that I might need to factor in to my work? Um, but uh, no, I don't. I don't think that there is a, a, a one size fits all solution. Yeah, and, and you actually two things that when you were talking came to my mind. One was, gosh, we should do some product management work with our stakeholders or whatever we want to call them. Because I know some people don't like the word stakeholder now. Uh, and and at, and write some requirements, right? Okay, executives, what problems does this solve for you, right? What do you need? Mm -hmm. And maybe we have a better mm -hmm. understanding of that. Maybe there are other ways that we can satisfy that it's not a roadmap, but maybe, you know, that could be mm -hmm. interesting, an, an, an interesting exercise. The second thing is you were talking about the, the timeframes. And I have to say that, you know, I think the best innovation in product roadmaps has not been all these software things. It's been the idea of now, next, later, right? Taking some of the mm -hmm. dates and times off of it. Uh, I, I, mm -hmm. I think that that's been it's been a great uh, addition compared to how I used to do it decades ago Yeah, uh, where we're doing that. Thank you, John. Dutch. Here. Why do we need them? Why do we need roadmaps? Well, I'll go to someone else's wording of need. <laughs> you know, they're, they're very beneficial if they're used properly. Uh, like you said, I come from a public you know, sector. Uh, government's still trying to figure out what product management even is. When I was on active duty, we didn't do anything with ro any roadmaps. It, it, all of our tools and software things that we were building was all internal anyway. And so we didn't have to worry about marketing and sales. And then we just built it. If it worked, great. If not, we fixed it, got, got out of fix or whatever. And, and there wasn't really a lot of long-term planning. It was just, what do we need to do right now? Now, when, when there were programs that had to be built from scratch, it was a little bit different, but a lot of those were contracted out. And so they would plan for one or two years, maybe, and it would just be a waterfall thing where all of this stuff has to be built and the contract you know, company builds their roadmap for how they're going to do, when they're going to do those things over that year or two. So it was, it, it was just a very different environment. Um, you know, me personally, as I've gotten in, into product management it's been where there is one roadmap it is like basically the things for the executive level of what we're going to have to budget for for the next you know one to two years and there's the backlog of what we're working on right now and then i have my own internal list that's the bright idea fairy bucket <laughs> that hey these are the things that we're not really budgeting for but hey we had a bright idea this might be something that we want to do when we have the time to fit it in and then those things just, you know, as they get better defined and everything, get then onto the roadmap, or it may become a higher enough priority where it ends up in the backlog of what the next three to six months is going to end up being. So it all depends on what the company is, what the team is, what the, you know, it just all depends. And every, every team's going to be more or less effective with it. The, the agile advocates are like, hey, documentation isn't supposed to be the priority <laughs> so we don't do any doctor we're not supposed to read the chat while we're talking yeah i saw a chat go and i saw you laugh but i didn't read what it was 
Uh, Corey said he wants to petition to rename Roadmaps to Bright Idea Ferry. <laughs> I don't have a patent on it or a trademark on it. Feel free. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, I want to ask a question. Can we, if we drop the why, do we need roadmaps? You know, I think you do. Uh, the problem is what you may think of as a roadmap may be different than what I think of as a roadmap. And that, I think, is the, ultimately the issue that when executives or salespeople or marketing teams are asking for the roadmap, what they're really asking for is what features are you going to deliver on what days of every day in the upcoming year in this factory known as our software company? Um, whereas the correct way to do road mapping is to say, you know, here are the big bets that we are placing and we're putting them in some order. You know, it doesn't, uh, if we were building a, a video transcription service, we'd first want to figure out how to do video transcription before we bother to build a commerce e-commerce website and being able to illustrate to leadership and stakeholders First, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. And how long is it going to take? I don't know. We've never done it before. I started off on a project this week that I thought was going to be super simple, and I have spent most of the week on it. And if you had asked me, you know, what's your, what's your schedule, I would have said, oh, I'll have this done by the end of the day. And here it is Friday. You know, it's taken me a lot longer than I thought, but it's something I've never done before. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I think that the biggest issue is when when other people say roadmaps, they mean release plan. Yeah. And uh, I remember once presenting the roadmap to the salespeople and they said, Steve, are you going to commit to that? And I said, uh, yeah, OK, actually, I will. I commit that we will do this and nothing else. And they went insane. They're like, well, wait, how about all the special things that I want to sneak into the roadmap? And I'm like, well, then you can't have a commitment if you're continually changing what we're delivering. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think we need a roadmap. I'll tell you one more answer why. My mother uses this genealogy program that works on Windows, and it's a horrific mess. And I called support and I said, do you plan to offer a Macintosh version or better yet, a SaaS version? And they said, absolutely not, never. The company will fold before we get it off Windows. And I'm like, well, now I know. I've got it as a customer. I understand your vision. And now I'm going to have to come up with a different plan to address my problem. And I think that is the correct use of a roadmap. Where do you think you're going to be? a year from now or 18 months from now. And if you're not going where I want to go, then I may have to come, I may have to put mom on a new program. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that also takes you to something that John Guttrell said, uh, and I think it was echoed from a few people. And I, and I think we need to do probably a, a top of the week on product vision versus product strategy or just product vision as a whole. Because if we, if the roadmap is giving us a vision of, you know, you know, trying to communicate where we think we're going, you need to have an idea of where you think you're going and why. Uh, so I think we'll have to get there uh, for that. But 
great conversation. I, 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 I do think we need them. Uh, but to that point, we need, to understand, we need to understand the use cases, right? Maybe doing some good product management and requirements work within our stakeholders to understand what their needs are will make us better at this. And maybe I just answer It does make question. me wonder if roadmap is, is also um, code word for I don't trust you. I mean, that's the point I was trying to make, right? I mean, do, do the executives trust that we're working on the right stuff? Do our investors understand that we're not looking to next quarter only, but also, I mean, we've got to hit the quarter, let's be clear. We make sure. all kinds of short-sighted decisions to do that. Um, but they, they want to know that it's not about managing a spreadsheet, but managing a business in a market. And I think that's really what it helps with. And I yeah. think um, I think it was John... Uh, he said, we need multiple roadmaps. Um, we need multiple versions of the same roadmap, depending on the audience, right? I mean, it's not, it's refactoring and packaging it differently. Fidelity level, fidelity level. Right. But hopefully they aren't like radically different. Uh, yeah. but, but you made me think, Steve, when you talk about that, isn't it really the release plan what folks want? Yes. Right. I, we got an idea of a scope. We got an idea of form factor. And, you know, and I know May's anti-safe, um, but I will tell you what I took away from safe was quarterly release planning. And that's yeah. all I'm ever going to commit. I'm only going to commit three months out. I'm okay. And because, but you, you like that part of safe? All right. I'm no, gonna, no, gonna not, not that closer. part of safe. I like quarter, like shorter, I, shorter I time planning, but <laughs> nothing to do with safe. Like don't let safe claim something that is great. And that exists in something that existed before safe. Right. Uh, yeah, it's been around before safe. It did exist long before safe. I remember years ago I was working at a company, uh, and I'd say it was really the first product success I had in uh in that I specified we're gonna ship something on the first day of the quarter. And I don't actually care what it is, but I guarantee you it's gonna come out on the first of the quarter. And that meant the whole backlog was a variable, uh, but ship date was fixed. Yeah. And, and I think what happens is you run into trouble when you try to fix the scope and the days, and then you miss both. Yeah. Or the budget, and then you miss quality or yeah. the, the, morale the or whatever, right? right? Absolutely. No, I mean, I just, I just, I mean, we, we've got to be comfortable publishing release plans and that, that is a commitment and, and it needs to be seen in some ways as a contract with your users. And I think some organizations are also uncomfortable with that, but that's the document in my mind that, that is the, the one that we actually need to deliver. The, the other ones, you know, fuzzy story, smart guy stuff. Uh, maybe we need to do something on uh, release plans and a future topic of the week. I do want to move us to the poll. Uh, on Wednesday, I put this in the in the the poll in the community. Who gets the most value from roadmaps? Customers, development, sales, executives, other it depends. And May, for the second week in a row, other it depends, like was one of the top ones. Am I getting bad at writing polls? I feel like if you are going to deliberately pick bad answers, you should just leave out other it depends and force people to pick an answer. Okay. I got in trouble when I did that too, though. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, it's, it's, 
it's being intentional, right? You know what the right answer is. Yeah, well, actually, I will say, I think it is officially the John Harmer, it depends option, because when John Harmer was participating with us, uh, he everything for him was it depends, which is the product management answer. So I'm going to start with Corey, uh, even though Corey was like the last person to take the ball. You, you had development. You were you were the eight percent of the development vote. You're, you're bringing up that one. I'd love to get your thought on on that, Corey. Yeah, because the question is, who gets the most value from the roadmap? Who 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 is informed the most by the roadmap? And I think it's the people that's building the product to understand where where are we headed directionally. Salespeople sell what we have to people who want it. Thank you, Steve Johnson. Uh, executives run the company. Don't worry about the features that we're working on. The team should be focused on, and you should be focused on how are we going to solve the next set of problems for our customers in their specific needs and their specific jobs. And here's here's all the universe of problems that we could solve. Which ones are we going to focus on short-term, near-term, longer-term? I, I get that. And a couple of the It Depends talked about teams, and I think they were thinking broader than development, you know, cross-functional, a whole bunch of teams. And that's why and that may be depends. true. I always, I always force myself to pick one of your four crappy answers, Grant, and not <laughs> it depends because it always could be it depends. I, and I love that about you, Corey. I really do. Uh, so uh, 8% was sales uh, and that person is not on this call. So uh, we won't have to, we won't let them, they don't, they're not here to defend themselves. Uh, in the other, it depends. None of the people are here. The, there were actually two there that got a decent amount of votes, sort of if I do a affinity mapping. One was that the entire team, right? It, and maybe that's a, that's more of your all of the above. Everybody gets value from it. And then two who said themselves, the product manager, sort of this, it's the planning type thing. Uh, May, you were sitting with me on executives. Uh, talk to me about why you voted for executives. I voted for executives because I find that one of the toughest thing to agree on is strategy, uh, strategic alignment and priorities. And the roadmap is a great tool for you to take to, like, if you're a product leader, your peers, if you're a product manager, you know, the people making the actual decisions across the company to say, this is what we're going to do right? Like, this is our plan. Let's agree on the plan, right? Like, I, of course, other depends makes the most sense, but I was doing a query and trying not to do it because I've voted other independents for the last three weeks, I think. Um, so executives is, you know, the one place you really need that alignment to make sure you don't get wrenches thrown at you. It is a, a great tool to have to say, okay, this is what we've agreed on. You want to add this thing in? Great. What are we shifting? Yeah. Right. This is how much time we have. We've like done the 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 math in air quotes. <laughs> I struggle with the word math because this isn't math really. Uh, we've done the quote math. Uh, to get to this point where we can kind of sort of agree on like, this is probably what it's going to take. But, you know, let's agree on this, right? If you want to add something new, we got to do more, quote, math to shift yep. things to understand like what comes next. Because you can't have, um, as my old boss puts it, you can have anything you want, you can't have everything. <laughs> 
No, I get that. And I voted for executives too. And I think my lens of, and I'll get to you in a second, Steve, my lens of becoming more from a product strategy, for me, the stakeholder who I was engaging with most with the roadmap was the executives to get their bio fund, the strategy and where we're going. Uh, so I think that's one, one, of, one of the reasons I voted there. But I could see the triad, right? You could see how a product strategy person might say executives, a product technical product manager, product owner might say development and a product marketing might say sales. And it probably is also depending on the lens of who's voting because that, that they have a different visibility. Steve, you wanted to say something or did you forget already? Uh, I was just thinking of a slide in my roadmapping presentation that described roadmap as a magic document that implies we can deliver more than is possible in a shorter period of time. Well, isn't that the Johnson? No, that's the, I have another one. That's the Johnson conundrum. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember what it is though. Okay. So did you, what, where would you but, vote on this? I'm, I'm with Corey. I would vote for development um, <laughs> that here's where we're going. So don't, uh, don't paint yourself into a corner, um, right? Uh, everyone else, I think, is using it as a weapon, uh, but using, working with development, you're using it as a uh, information tool. Yeah, I, I like that. I see that. Uh, Corey? Steve, you have to rename it now, the Bright Idea Fairy season. <laughs> just, just do it. Don't thank, even think about it. Just th thank you, Corey. With that in mind, I'm actually going to go to Dutch. Where, did you vote Dutch? Or, or um, I, I didn't. I didn't ahead of time. And as you brought this up, you know, I did vote. And then Corey talked, and I went, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I, now I agree with him. Because well, what I, did you vote said, for to start with? Well, and you know, and it's it's always the that key word that makes a difference of how you latch onto it. This one is the value. Who gets the value out of it? You know, I had voted executives trying to stay away from the, it depends, but the executives get to, like I said earlier, you know, the roadmap is a lot of times for the executives to know what they're going to be budgeting for over the next, you know, couple of years, but who actually uses it and gets value from it and how to implement it. I think it's, it's most valuable to, to development. I'll agree with Corey on that. <laughs> Magic I, I, wish granting fairy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and for those, and, for, go ahead. Dustin. You know, and I think I think I initially was leaning on the executive suite uh, because I consider like the CTO, you know, there, and then he's giving that value to his team. But development's actually getting the most value out of this if we're latching on keywords. No, I, I see that, and I will say, people are like parsing the words I use a lot more than I do when I'm writing the questions. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but it makes a different words matter. They, they do. Uh, and sometimes I do it on purpose, uh, especially in the poll, because I want some, you have to get a most right. You know, where we can get right. people voting on stuff. Right. So I appreciate that. And I, and I think develop, I could see the case for development. Uh, if I was going to change my mind, I also like the, the people who made the case and other, it depends for themselves, right. The product manager themselves. Uh, John Elstad, where would you vote? Yeah, I'm, I'm also in the development camp. Um, I think practically speaking, it is, it, it's the most useful. I think it's, I think executives and whatnot may be comforted by it and it might be, you know, provide some sort of tertiary benefit, but I, I think, de yeah, development and the product team specifically benefit most. And, and the exercise as well, you know, you're, you're thinking through, I think that there's a lot to be gained 
just from creating it if, it, if it's more of a collective effort. So all of the above. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, you know, you made me just think about, I went for executives and I think I looked at the most, who gets the most value. I got the most value of my roadmap with executives because I was getting buy into my strategy and commit to a budget and that type of stuff. Maybe I have, you put my rose colored glasses on and that's what, so I was not thinking about their value. I was thinking about my value because I, you know, I don't know. I, I ruminate on these things and keep coming back to them. Uh, Elliot. Howdy. Yeah, I think maybe Mike, I was thinking about my experience. I mean, in my experience, the folks who get the most value is probably sales. And I, so I didn't vote just in terms of the way that the organizations that I have worked at tend to operate. They're the ones who have gotten the most value out of it in general, but there's a matter of what is reality and what should be. If I think about what should be, development is probably where I'd want to focus my efforts when I get my next position. So I think it's a good perspective shift for me as I think about my next roadmap that I will build. Yeah, and and I think the lens you bring from, and maybe I'm extrapolating this where it wasn't there, but there's almost, there's the, where are you in the triad? Are you a strategy person, a technical product manager, a product marketing manager? And what type of company are you? Are you sales-led? Are you technology or engineering-led? I, I could see how different scenarios would, would put different answers here. John Cottrell, your take. Yes, sir. Um, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it's more of a sales document at the end, right? Um, because what really matters to me, y'all keep saying budget. The budget doesn't come from the roadmap. The budget is informed and created in the business plan. Right. And so you create a business plan. You understand the resources you got, which are no more than you have now or less than you had last year. You take that as a constraint. Then you look at the things that uh, the market needs, and then you try to slot them in in a meaningful way through iterations and having discussions on complexity and ability to execute. But, um, you know, ultimately, how many of us actually hit our roadmaps? We all said none. Uh, how often do we make significant changes um, or just small changes that in aggregate take us another way? And I just put a meme in, 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 in there. Um, you know, it's if we're not going to hit it and it's really not determining our budget, it really doesn't, right? Because budgets resource time and, and I mean, I mean, it might, it, it might in yours on a program that's defined by the government relative to a set of capabilities in an RFP, but you know, that RFP is the business plan. Yeah. Well, sure. And, and to, to support yes. that though, it's not just the government that's doing those RFPs. There's, there's large companies that hire vendors to do their development for them, especially if it is a sudden, you know, um, feature or something that they need to build in and they don't have the internal resources, they're going to need to budget to hire that out. Right. And so somebody in a functional team identified a problem or a gap, then got approval for budget in the CapEx or the operating X within the constraint of their existing finances. And then said, let's put this out to bid. Right. So in some ways, an RFP is, is functionally a representation of a budget constraint. Yep. Right. They got a timeline. They got stakeholders. They got priorities and, and you know, nice to haves. And, you know, they're not always 
is well written to say this is an absolute, this is a nice to have. But that's when you come into the dance after implementation, right? That's the difference between sales and implementation. Um, I think the roadmap is an interesting document, but it really doesn't do much except the process of creating it, right? It's the process. The asset is meaningless. Two, two things that are on my head right now. First one, for those people watching or listening, you're missing out on a whole different show in the chat. John was talking about the memes. Uh, so, you know, sometime join us and, 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 and enjoy that. The other thing is it also, it's all about the fidelity, right? Often I would do a product, a product roadmap at a market in epic market problem level, right? And at that level, I might be more confident in where I'm going to get to, right? I'm going to go to this segment first, then that segment. I'm going to solve this problem first, then that problem. And I think that there's a way uh, to, to get that. But it depends on the fidelity. You know, the less f- fidelity you have, the probably more accurate you're going to be in two years. Uh, and the more fidelity you get, the, the, the harder that is. Uh, our first and probably only question, uh, new question this week is, what are the keys to a valuable roadmap? So we've talked about why do we need a roadmap, right? How do we, what's the keys to making it valuable? And I'm going to go to May. What are you trying to, what internal problem are you trying to solve with your roadmap? Because you're building a thing. So figure out what problem you're solving. It is a tool to solve your problem. It is a solution, a possible solution to your problem. If your problem is alignment, then there are multiple different possible solutions. It might be the best solution. So if you think about roadmaps as a tool you used internally to resolve problems. It is a thing that people have gotten used to building because it is a thing that's expected of you because it's a thing that everyone's seen because that's what you know, then sure. Like if it's what you know, why not? But like think about the problem that you're solving um, internally with this roadmap. What are you trying to do? Why are you building a roadmap? Because it's really expensive. Every time you build a roadmap, think about all of the hours that you spend on it, not just you, but every single person on your team, all the alignment that happens at the small team level, all the alignment that happens at the cross team level, all the alignment that happens up top, and the iterations that come with it, right? And it it is, I, I calculated it at my last job, and just the formal meetings alone came out to 20 hours per quarter with a huge group of people. And that's not including at the small team discussion. That, that, it is an expensive, certain, you know, so know the problem you're solving with it to make sure it's the right tool. You yeah. know, understand if it's worth the value of all that time and effort put into it. I, 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 I like that. Corey. Two competing ideas, uh, less words, brevity, uh, and clarity. So try to be as clear as you can with as few words as possible. I like that. Brevity and clarity. John Elstad, what are the keys? I'm going to go with collaborative, you know, and, and inclusive. Um, and uh, knowing, you know, your audience and, and the purpose of the roadmap, you know, what is, is it, is this for marketing purposes? Is this for development primarily or who, you know, whom is this, uh, whom is it serving? Love it. 
Elliot. I would say uh, clarity is important and then also realistic because you need to actually live in reality despite uh, the, the Steve Johnsonism about all the things that you can't deliver. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think it's, imp it's important to like live in reality as opposed to try and make people happy because all you're going to do is just piss everyone off. Even for your own sanity, right? You know, just for yourself, be, re be real about it. Dutch. Get myself off mute. Um, I was going to just ditto Corey and I was like, no, I need to come up with something else. And then, so I thought realistic and I'm like, well, now that word's taken too, but that's all I got. <laughs> so you're just going to, that's okay. The big fairies have realistic <laughs> options. <laughs> Mr. Cottrell. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of draft on what Elliot said, right. And, and John, it's about inclusive, get everyone at the table as part of the process. Um, because you are going to piss somebody off or somebody in the future is going to ask for something and one of those groups that aren't going to be happy. And you're like, all right, we all sat with all the executives. This is what we published. The customer success director, would you really, should we go back and work with the executives and change this? Right? Because a roadmap is a statement over a long horizon. It shouldn't be something we're managing every quarter. I mean, um, it shouldn't change because if we're changing our roadmap every quarter, then really what we're managing is a release plan. Right? We're not yeah. managing a roadmap. So I, you know, I can't, I mean, I like to not get yelled at by other teams and Elliot's posit that it keeps people happy. I don't know if that's, I, I piss people off or have, whatever it happens, whatever the right thing is. <laughs> they're part of, if they're part of the process, they understand the hard work. Yeah. And in some ways, I can go back to who's most important, myself. One of the disappointing things about other functions is they really don't understand the amount of how hard work and product. Yeah. You know, you know, two or three slides might be two or three months of a person's life. Yeah. And so seeing how we do the work collaboratively in an inclusive uh, way, basically increase their the confidence in us as product people and let them understand that we're not just doing boxes and arrows. Yeah. We're trying no, I, to drive a business. I, I get it. I like that. John Elstad, you have your Yeah, just want here. just wanted to append to what John was saying. I think um, another benefit of this inclusion is you you increase buy-in, you 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 know you're creating evangelists for this plan. It makes you know, future decisions uh, easier as a product manager. If you need, if you need support, if you need help, you're trying to mitigate risks and dependencies. You know, since everyone is included in the plan, you're more likely to get that support that you need. Yeah, I, I love execute. it. Uh, Steve, I think we just found a great way to write listicles for our social media presence. Right? <laughs> Ask a question like this, and now we can just write the list. Totally. Anything missing before we go to the wrap up? Every roadmap needs the phrase subject to change without notice. Yes, I agree with that completely. All right. Uh, I, I I mean, can I just accurate as a written? Yeah. It may change, right? Just without mm -hmm. that, it kind of like, oh, you're just giving me a marketing slick. It's it's that warning in your rearview mirror, objects in rearview mirror, baby, closer than they appear. Yeah, I love it. We're going to shift to our wrap up. What is your biggest learning or takeaway from this conversation? 
Elliot. Uh, the idea of intentionality when it comes to the roadmap themselves, the, in terms of like knowing your audience and kind of getting out of your own head and making it about yourself as opposed to the overall approach. I think these are some things that I want to kind of think about. Maybe these are errors I've made in the past and how I want to communicate things in the future. Awesome. I love it. Cottrell. Um, one, I'm pretty sure I would not have a good career in the public sector. And two, um, I think everybody's view um, has validity, right? We all come from this from different experiences. I come from it from an um, investor level or a product level leader. Uh, some other folks come from large organizations. Some of y'all worked with tens of thousands of fellow employees. And I've only worked at a company with the largest with a thousand employees. And the biggest team I had was 19. So yeah. Um, the things I say are meaningful to my experience, and it's great to hear how other people uh, internalize and communicate. So that's why I love these sessions that yeah. just so many no. different angles. I, I, you, I, I'm probably going to just echo what you said when it's my turn. John Elstead. Um, I guess I would say biggest takeaway is just realizing just how universal the issues that I've encountered with roadmaps are. I'm not the only one. It's somewhat comforting, actually. Though you know, maybe it's a happy, sad thing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love it. Dutch. Yeah, one, I'm getting out of public se sector. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for the same exact reason, I, just, I was fed up. But uh, second, I think everybody is in pretty good agreement at the fact that the roadmap is a conceptual proposal more than a set plan it's it's if if this if this is what we could do in a utopian environment this is what we will do yeah i love it Corey. probably that roadmap as a term is one of the i'm gonna say top five most misused misunderstood things in product management or in product just generally um, and the other thing that regardless of what you use your roadmap for the conversation that you have with people about it is the more important thing. I, I completely and totally agree. Uh, May. I need to learn what a release plan is and how to make <laughs> one without engineering freaking out. Okay. That's very practical. Good luck. <laughs> my, my friend, Steve. There are multiple parts of what we do in product management. One part is backlog management. One part is uh, embracing the fact that there's tech debt that we have to address. And yet there's another part called the roadmap. And all three of those combine into what we ultimately release. So when we talk about roadmap, we're only talking about one part of what goes into a software release. Wow. I I like that. I hadn't thought of it that way before. For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna echo Gutrell, right? Each of us comes from a different lens. And what we have to realize is that that lens is gonna give us access to other views and uh and, and takes. And my my lens from the product strategy side probably discounted the value to some of the other uh, stakeholders out there that I I need probably was did a disservice to them when I was when I was doing those types of things. So I think we need to always understand the lens. And and I'll go to May's uh, answer from the the question. You know, understand the problem you're trying to solve. 
Uh, I think that's a key way to do this. And, and I, as John said, every week, you, you know, these conversations open me to new uh, opinions and new thoughts and new perspectives and new ideas. And that's one of the things I love about this. Every week, I say that every week, it's true. I learn, I grow. And I can't wait to do that next week with our new topic, buyers versus users, right? We hear a lot of people talk about user. We also hear people talk about buyer. How do we prioritize? How do we, what, how do we make sure we understand which one we're going after and what we're doing? So that's going to be a topic next week. Uh, we do this every week, Monday. The question goes in uh, the community. Wednesday, the poll goes in. And Friday, we have these amazing calls. Uh, John Elstad, so glad to have you for your first uh, panel. We look to have you on some more. Elliot, John Gattrell, Dutch, Corey, Maywong, my friend Steve Johnson. Thank you so much for an amazing conversation. We'll see everybody next week in the community. Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Product Growth Leaders Topic of the Week. If you haven't yet, go to your Apple, Android, or favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next week for another episode. For more great content and to participate in the Topic of the Week conversations, go to community.productgrowthleaders.com and join the conversation.